Boyle Sports has it all. Moneyback meetings every day. UK and Irish racing live streaming. Extra places and Moneyback All Losers offers. And a Bet 10 Get 20 welcome offer. Boyle Sports, this is betting. Welcome to the latest episode of Off The Fence. This is your weekly go-to digital jumps program brought to you in association with Boyle Sports. We love having them on board with us and we love having you on board with us each and every week. And each and every week I am joined as always by the boys Barry Geraghty and Tony Keenan. Uh, let's go straight in for a quick check-in because plenty to get through on today's show. Barry, how are you? How was your week? Very good, Vanessa. Thank you. Yep. Uh, had a nice, easy week, actually. Yeah. Um, good racing, though, over the weekend, which was there. Uh, enjoyed it. No desire to come out of retirement like some of your pals? No, no, no. <laughs> um, no, we just said Davy. Davy can lead that ship. Yeah, good on him. Uh, what about you, Tony? All good over there? All good, yeah. Yeah, like Barry, um, quiet weekend. Uh, so obviously, Gordon wasn't on. Barry Speeddale anyway, but sure, maybe he might be better off he put the feet up. <laughs> they just don't say that Barry Garrett is a team player, Tony. That's the issue here, you know? He's an independent <laughs> operator. Um, before we go any further, everyone, do not forget to hit subscribe on our YouTube channel. That way you won't miss a single episode of Off The Fence going forward. And do get involved. Give us your feedback in the comments section tweet whatever you like uh, we will get hold of it and we'll take it all on board uh, let's kick straight off with our what happened where section um well actually no sorry we should kick on with the news story of the week which actually all joking aside was the Davy Russell return to action after the uh, injury to Jack Kennedy he's out for a while Davy Russell has now come back out of retirement Barry just wanted your views in all seriousness on that topic because it's been a bit of a controversial one Not not a, some people surprised, some people not surprised, but not everyone sort of welcoming him back with open arms, so to speak. Well, I wasn't surprised really. Um, you know, Davey only retired three and a half weeks ago. Um, he said on that day, he said that he will miss it. Um, he also said his body was tired and sore, but maybe the three and a half weeks break might have just freshened him up and he felt better. Um, he's also he said he's doing it for the for the team in gardens uh, which is very honorable of him but i think there is benefit in it for davy he's the chance of riding some good horses and big winners and it's probably the opportunity that he wasn't having over the last few months um to ride those top class horses so this is his opportunity you know everyone wants to go out in some level of a blaze of glory if you like and i think this is davy's chance so i think he's right to grab it um, it is controversial but he has the experience he's a very good rider he only had a little break, maybe just to freshen him up. So um, it's probably it's probably the right decision. I mean, and ultimately, Barry, you know, being a jockey has never been a team sport. And so for all the team words may have come into it a little bit. As you say, you're independent operators. And um, yeah, there's no, there's no team being talked about. I never had Davy Russell massively down as a team person prior to this anyway, put it that way. Well, he's very helpful with the lads and they all speak really highly of him and he's really helpful at home and advice and whatnot, which is great. Um, but no, he's doing this for himself um, and I wish him well. I Hopefully it doesn't, there isn't a sting in the tail from he's 43, he's been through the mill, he's had a share of injuries. I'd love to see him have whatever success he can have 
Um, and when Jack gets back going at full strength, I'm sure Davy will slip away again. Yeah, and as you say, we all hope, and uh, yeah, you know, we all hope that he's gonna just have that bit of extra success to go out on a high and then finish all in one piece, happy and healthy, as he did originally. That's really the aim. Um, let's move on to our what happened where section, and we're gonna kick off with the action over in Ireland, which is very much Willie Mullins dominated, short price horses winning. Um, not the deepest of races uh, by wide margins was very much the name of the game over in Ireland at the weekend. All the three horse we're about to talk about from the Willie Mullins yard to start with anyway. And we'll kick off, Tony, with the Moscow Flyer. Um, Impair a pass in here, um, winning that Moscow Flyer. Now sort of quoted, same sort of price, 13 to two for both the Supreme and the Ballymore, but cut from the Ballymore. Um, and that's, those are price boost offers, I should say, with Boyle Sports. But not everyone that impressed with this year's renewal of the Moscow Flyer, Tony. I think it was quite a hard race to discern. An awful lot. It was very steadily run. It was quite uncompetitive with two no-hopers and um, two mares that had bits of chances, but probably no more than that. Um, Imperapass had been really impressive at Nice before that. The amount of ground he put between the rest and the bypass final two hurdles was really good. Not so much here on Sunday. I suppose the positives you would take from it is uh, the jumping. I think it was he, he really wasn't tested in this. There were so few hurdles in the race, but he, he was notably slick um, in the Moscow Flyer. But uh, if you're backing him for the Supreme, one thing I would just have in the back of my mind is that the Mullins team have been very good at sorting out which are the best two milers over the past few years. Now, maybe in other divisions, maybe as you go up and trip into the Albert Barkley type horses, you might have more of a chance of latching on to a second or third string or even at a meeting like Punchestown but I think in the Supreme they generally know um, and if you were maybe an Imperi Passe fan you might be hoping he'd go for the longer race because I don't think it's unlikely that they rate him any better than Vasil Vega Okay, I think that's a fair assessment and Barry would you concur with that? Ah, uh, yeah, I loved how he jumped. He's a horse that doesn't show an awful lot at home, um, Paul Townend referred to afterwards, which is not unusual. These horses can often get overlooked. And, and for example, Moscow Flyer wouldn't beat much at home, but yet bring him to the race course and he was a superstar. So it can be that way. He probably is a little bit under the radar for that reason. But with his style of racing, he's so relaxed. Um, he could step up and trip, but he could go either way. But I do like him a lot. I love how he jumps. It just It's so easy for him. Um, and it's you know that I think he gains he gains so much and saves so much being such a good jumper. Okay, uh, the horse that still has a little bit of a way to go with his jumping that this is over fences is Flame Bearer Barry, who we saw get off the mark over fence at the second time of asking in Ireland this weekend again for Willie Mullins again at a short price, and he's suddenly come into everyone's mind for the Arkle and the Turners. He's twenties and sixteens for those races respectively so a bit of a short surprise for the middle distance novice chase at the festival um a pearler of a mistake at the last and that caught um a lot of people's attention on social media courtesy of some pretty dramatic pictures but his performance overall um not maybe not the deepest of races and i was one that was i was kind of a bit unexcited about flame bearer but i think you're about to correct me on that 
Um, no, I was. I thought he was very good. I thought he jumped brilliantly, and we'll discuss the last in a second. But I thought through the race, he was brilliant. Went and he went hard, and that style of racing would suggest he's more of an arcade contender for me than he would be to once to step up and trip because he enjoyed rolling along. Paul didn't realize I'd say how far clear he was when he jumped the third last. He was looking over both shoulders to see where they were, and he was a fence clear. So then he wants to slow him down. He wants to get over the last. He jumps the second last well. He was steady, so steady, so, and he lost all momentum and the horse just got in two minds and he was actually he was brilliant how clever he was to survive the mistake and get away with it so no i'd say hats off i would forgive paul for it and um, he wound up out on his own he took the cautious approach if you like if he went down and went tally ho at the last and put him on the floor we'd all be given out but um he said it and we probably just lost a little bit too much momentum in doing that but i thought it was a good performance it was only three seconds slower than the the valuable handicap two mile handicap over the same course and distance on the same day having said that he pulled up from the second last so I think it was a good performance all round to do that kind of speed on his own so he's to me he's a contender Tony we spoke about the Willie Mullins novice chasers on the show last week and obviously this lad didn't even get a mention he's now in the mix and um, as Barry says maybe more of an Arkle horse than a Turner's horse given the pace that he can go in a race I mean it's going to be some jigsaw sorting out these novice chasers out of that one yard yeah certainly well, just to back up what Barry's saying there about the time comparisons with the Dan Moore Flamebearer was, um, I made him 5.3 seconds faster from the first to the third last than Dunvegan and Rebel Gold in the Dan Moore. And, you know, they, they were going a decent pace in the Dan Moore. Valuable handicap chase, two horses that jumped very well at, at the front of the field. In that, there's actually quite a good piece on the website just was reading before I come on there by Simon Rowlands about this. So that's a hell of a performance to be that far clear of those. And as Barry's mentioned, like Paul Townend is basically slowing him up from three out. So he has, he has plenty of speed. I was kind of surprised at the market non-reaction to this for the Arkell. Um, he's still around the 20 to 1. Mark. I was saying the Arkell was a race to stay away from last week, but when I've seen this, I'm slightly intrigued by it. You have um, Dice of Dynamo and El Fabiolo are both around the 5 to 1 mark, and to me, Flamebearer has done something very similar to them on their beginner's chase. Now, he has obviously had a disappointment in this, but I'd be inclined to bin that run because um, they put a hood on him which he hadn't had before and he didn't seem to take to it. They left the tongue tie off, which was back on on Saturday, um, and they dropped him back to two miles. So I, I thought he, he, look, he looked good um, in, in this race. And as Barry's mentioned, the jumping at, at phases uh, was excellent. Now, I would be slightly of the mind that, is he a horse that they mightn't be too interested in going to Cheltenham? But he is quite a buzzy, free-going sort. Um, and they might take the gentleman, the, the me route, maybe go to the race in Navin there in early March. And go on to entry something like that um he's an interesting horse because he's a horse that willie mullins got from pat Doyle over the summer and like, it'd be hard to find fault with anything pat Doyle did with him and you would wonder how much more of a ceiling there is with him pat Doyle got him up to kind of a 150 hurdle type rating and he, he you know he was in all the races that he should have been in last year and won a lot of them um and i do find that sometimes the willie mullins the the switchers they can be quite patchy if they've been with him for a short space of time, but the ones that he maybe has them and keeps them off track for a year, 18 months, do tend to be, just tend to improve more and things like that. So he's a very interesting horse going forward. Um, not quite sure if Cheltenham is the protocol, but if it was, um, I would definitely be interested in him. Okay, very positive views then on Flame Bearer, wherever he goes next. Um, Barry, 
on to another we're just doing the mullins ones all in one in one go guys viewers out there blood destiny next um absolutely bolted up another short price winner by any distance he liked really um and a market mover off the back of it in the triumph hurdle he's now 11 to 2 that is boosted by boil sports from 9 to 2 so more of a general 9 to 2 shot but 11 to 2 with boil sports thanks to their price boost um, second favourite, obviously, behind Lossy Mouth from the same yard, Barry. This is a horse that you were very keen on prior to this run. You've spoken about him a couple of times on this show, and now he just keeps taking these steps forward. Um, not in, you know, not sure the form really is a, a, a literal piece, given how what he beat and by how far, and given that they'll probably all end up in the boodles. But he's still a horse that you're very keen on off the back of this. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was probably a bit of an honour event um, and you could say he got a freebie out in front. Didn't jump with quite the same fluency as he did in Cork. Um, and I just wondered, had he more jumping practice maybe going into his first run in Cork than he had since then? Maybe he didn't see too many hurdles since. He might have been just a little bit rusty for that reason. Um, I would forgive him that because he was so good in Cork, but he couldn't have won any easier. Um, as I say, a little bit of an honour event, but... Um, he didn't do himself any harm. Um, still a good, solid performance and definitely one I do like a lot. Given that you tipped him up originally for Charlton at 16s, you know, we're, we're applauding you at this point, Barry. Um, <laughs> Tony, is is this another one similar to Flamebearer that you were impressed with, given given the performance? I was very impressed with him. Um, he wasn't going slow. I think the time comparisons with the other hurdle races, albeit over longer trips, show him in quite a good light. Uh, the, the jump will need a little bit of work. I do think he's a an interesting rival for Lossy Mount if they do meet because she's kind of had these couple of steadily run races so far in Ireland. It's hard to see him going steadily far. I, I would like him for the triumph. I, I think he's a he's a big player um, in the race. My one concern is he might be a little bit more of a long-term horse than a, a pure juvenile that, that she is. But um, yeah, I, I fully merited been, been shortened up. No, I, I think we do need to talk about the tactics of, of the jockeys in behind. Like Barry was fancying this horse for the Triumph Order. I think all the jockeys must have been fancying for the Triumph Order too because they didn't want to get any, anywhere near him. Particularly in that in that um, third quarter of the race where they, they just let him go on. It, it wasn't quite so bad in the first half of the race, but the, the third quarter is. Now they closed up a little on him into the straight and he's he's pulled clear. But ah, look, like, there's nothing from the stewards. Um, they haven't inquired into the riding, which really isn't up to snuff at all. Look, it's not, and it isn't a maiden hurdle where, you know, there's 20 runners, three of them have a chance, and 17 of them will never be rated within two stone of them. Like, a lot of these horses had run or won or run well in maiden hurdles. Jockeys need to be making a bit more of an effort. But just on some of these horses in behind, like, they will need another run now to qualify for the, the Fred Winters Boodles because there's now this. Um, state man rule where novices can't go into these class one and class two handicap orders even the fred winter off the back of three runs i think nozret is one that will need another one um i think common practice is fine he's qualified there jazzy matty will need another run um so while they were ostensibly eye catching for that race they, they, they are going to need to show the hand once more Okay, that is in intriguing. And Tony, let's stick with you to talk about the mare, Impervious, um, obviously in new colours, but Brian Hughes on for the same yard, um, beat the boys this time around at the weekend and is now 7-4 to four for the mare's chase behind the favourite Allegor de Vassi. Um, she was giving weight to the second, little bit of weight anyway, and she's impressed plenty of people with this performance. 
I think you couldn't but be impressed with her. Um, I thought she was a little bit on her head at the two miles at Cork. It was just, you know, tenacity and, and ability kept her hanging in with Dino Blue, who did have to run the race. But the, the step up and trip was a real catalyst here for improvement. She travelled much sweeter. Her jumping wasn't under as much pressure. And you, you could just see from kind of from two out that Brian Hayes like, really seemed to be holding on to a lot and was quite happy just to drop her there on the lane after the last. Uh, just a really impressive performance. They were absolutely chunks faster now than the, the handicap chase later on the card. I think something like 17.9 seconds, which is just a huge amount. Um, in terms of negatives on her, I wouldn't have been the greatest fan of Johnny with me. I think he's always been a touch overrated. But I do think you absolutely, absolutely got the best version of him now on Sunday. I think that was a career best out of him. He hadn't, he'd fallen at Goran on his first start. He hadn't particularly impressed with jumping in the Ace Flame Bearers in that race also. But he jumped really well here and got a good ride of Rachel Blackmore. She sent him kind of at the right time. So good version of him, I would say. Um, and the other knock, well, I, I just don't know do I want to be taking two to one for a race at Cheltenham. She's still a novice. Um, Allegory Devasti is a very good prospect. Kind of a back scarlet and dove myself. Um, some Bellas in there. It's it's quite a good race. Um, though she will ha possibly have, I think, Barry mentioned there just beforehand that she will have a bit of an experience edge over Allegory Devasti, who'd be a possible to run. I presume a Torless uh, this weekend. Yo, Barry, we can bring you in here. I mean, as Tony's touched upon there, given the names he's rattled off, it won't be one of the big you know, talking races going into the Cheltenham Festival, but it could be a really competitive, deep race. One of those races where any of them that line up could win it. And, you know, she, Impervious, is going to have... Everything's going to have more experience than Allegor Devassi, yet she's the kind of, like... Sexy horse going into it, given how she's won, how she's run over fences thus far, and her very limited showing. But we need to see her again, don't we, for her to justify that short price? You do need to see her again, but Concertista would need to this race um, two from two as well over fences. And for me, it was that lack of experience, as you mentioned, in an ultra competitive race like that, where anyone could win it. Um, experience counts for an awful lot. So she goes in on two runs. Um, Impervious is going to have 50% more experience for what it's worth. Three runs, is a, it's a big difference. Um, I thought she learned a lot Impervious on Sunday. I agree completely with Tony. I thought it was a brilliant performance. And Brian Hayes gave her a beautiful ride, full of confidence. But um, Allegory Devassi, I'm a big, big fan of. I think she's gorgeous. But I just worry by taking on the older, more experienced rivals, along with Impervious and other novices, I just wonder, will she have the experience needed? Yeah, it's a fair statement. And the mayor's, the mayor's chase, not everyone's cup of tea at the festival, but it could turn out to be an absolute cracker this year. Tony, quick mention for Corbett's Cross, who impressed again for the O'Sullivan team. Maxine O'Sullivan in the saddle and um, in new colours this time around, having been sold. But the new, new owners will be looking to sell them again, won't they? Yeah, nice ad for Paul Bourne there in the Racing Post today. Article come sales pitch for this horse. I thought that was quite good. Um, I'm not doing an interview, lads, unless I'm getting to promote my horse. So fair enough, we can't blame him for that. Um, I was impressed with this horse on, on, on Saturday. Really good performance. I think they figured out a little bit how to ride him. I think they were unhappy. Uh, not unhappy, but they, they thought they could have won the race in Clonmel when he got beaten by Landrick. Not that that was a bad performance. He won really easily afterwards. But the last twice... Um, <laughs> this is a ludicrous comparison but it's been honeysuckle-esque in terms of Maxine O'Sullivan's riding him she's been sending him three out and nothing, nothing can get past him um, so he was winning on Saturday off 140 like, like performance like this would put him up into the low 140s 
he's well able to win I think at least compete in a in a graded um novice hurdle in, in this country there's a couple of races are kind of should be suitable for him um there's one in Taurus and there's one especially in Clonmel I think Manella Indo got beaten in a one year over three miles in testing he probably is a real soft ground horse but um yeah he, he's a very interesting prospect coming off a pint-to-pint background he's still only six I, I'd be very interested actually to know how much he costs because um you know, you do have these horses that make um, two and three and four hundred thousand off the back of one pint run. Um, now, this lad has probably put a cap on himself and that he's not going to be probably a grade one horse, but he's very much a kind of a made horse. You know, he's he's at that good level. He is a, you know, novice chase season ahead of him next season. They're, they're talking already about the Grand National or at least those kind of races. Um, to me, he would have been a horse that, after on the back of Saturday, it would look like they bought him quite cheaply anyway. Definitely want to be keeping him made, if not maybe for spring festivals, because he might be a bit ground dependent. Barry, if I wanted to buy Corbett's Cross, how much would I have to give for him? You're the dealer of the team here. You're the trader. Tell us. Jeez, it cost a few quid the way he's put the performance he's putting in. Like he bolted up at the weekend. Um, <laughs> one thirty, I think, going into it. He's going to come over one forty. Horse on the up, um, obviously national potential as well. That adds another little bit. Okay, you're not you're not pinning any actual number <laughs> down there. I like how you just sat perfectly on the fence. Um, <laughs> what about what about the skeletons mopping up big Saturday races, Barry? Um, this time at Kempton and Warwick, we have West Balboa winning the Lanzarote Hurdle, Grey Dawning winning the Grade Two Leamington Novices Hurdle at Warwick, and then Gallia de la Toe also getting back on track in her chasing career by winning the Grade Two at Warwick as well. Um, um, I know they're not all winning from Dan's. He's not sort of remaining in red hot form all sort of week in, week out as such. But when it comes to target races on a Saturday, this man is having the time of it, isn't he? He is. He really is. Um, and you could see that especially in Warwick with the two winners there. They were two winnable races. You know, he made sure he had runners in them. Um, horses with chances in in you know, not ultra competitive races and they got the job done. West Bow on the other hand, that was a very strong race, the Lanzarote. It has been a weak race on plenty of occasions in the past, but there's a lot of strength and depth in it. Um and a good performance, fourth run over hurdles, one two, it's been second twice, um improved on its previous second in Sandown, um on its on its previous run. So um they're just doing it, they're doing everything right. Protect the rat first run of the season. No secret was made that this was his target, um, and they had him revved and he won it. Lamilos won in Bangor, then he went and he won the Coral Gold Cup in Newbury, and um, Midnight River won the, the big handicap chase in November in Cheltenham. So they're farming these races, but they're targeting these races. Like it's easy, definitely taking a leaf out of his former boss, Paul Nichols. You know, instead of just going for glory, you know, picking your targets, and you see Paul suggest that the more bottle for Tamaris after he won in Sandown the previous weekend. That's the typical kind of approach. That's what makes him champion trainers because he's farming these valuable races instead of just going for glory. Um, so I think Dan has definitely fallen into suit. And if it doesn't happen from this year, which it might do, I think they're setting a culture in the yard of, of this target. You know, not just going chasing around looking for the big prize, you know, going for the big handicaps to collecting the money. And that's what gets you up there on the list. You know, it's all about prize winning if you want to be champion trainer. 
Yeah, I remember we did a feature with him on Sky Sports Racing um, a couple of years ago now. And he was just saying that at the time he was just mad about numbers, just notching up wins wherever they were about the prize money. Whereas two years ago, they sort of took a different directive and they were going to really focus on those big prizes and where the money was rather than necessarily just notching up the wins sort of with the title in mind for the future. So we know it's going their way at some point. It's really just a question of when. Um, Tony, last thing we need to recap from the weekend. Uh, we had a potential qualifier won by Charlie Longston at Warwick, but it is a topic that you wanted to bring up because how are your potential qualifiers going on over there in Ireland? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm slightly tongue in cheek with this, but these potential qualifiers are just another anti-Irish thing, aren't they? Like disgraceful. There's only two of these in Ireland. Like, um, like imagine putting that Warwick race alongside the, the, the two equivalent races in Ireland. What was seven runners? On Saturday, like Punchestown had won there in November 16, Leopardstown the one at Christmas, Maxfield. I actually do genuinely think there aren't enough of these qualifiers in Ireland. I think they could definitely do with another one in February time, maybe at a, a Navin probably, or maybe a Nace, something like that. For the Irish trainers who haven't qualified their horses um, in the two home qualifiers, um, they're all done before the turn of the year. They might have to travel to, to the UK January or February time, it's not ideal. Uh, chance of a race been called off, and also now it, it's only the top four. Like it's much much easier to qualify in one of these races like the Warwick race than something mm. like the Leopard, Leopardstown or Punchestown. Um, how much? Sorry, but, excuse my ignorance. How many more qualifiers are left here in the UK? Then Tony, is there only is is there one more? Is there? Is there is there only one more? I also I also think the fact of moving the Punchestown one from February back to November wasn't ideal. I think it, it might have suited trainers a little bit better. But there just seems to be tons of them in the UK. Um, maybe Charles Bournes has won one, hasn't he? Which would shoot first. But uh, yeah, I, I just think there should be another one there to 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 let them in. The handicap them whatever you want afterwards. I just don't think it's ideal that they would have to travel around this time of the year. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. We want we want the Irish to at least have a fair crack at getting themselves qualified for the race and then do what you like to say with the handicap afterwards. Um, right, we've got to rattle on to performance of the week, boys. Uh, Barry, we better go with you first. Uh, who was your performance of the week just gone? Jockey, horse or trainer? I taught Sam Thomas uh, to win to win the Classic Chase in Warwick uh, with I Will Do It on its first run back since winning the Welsh National 12 and a half months ago. To win a race like that, you know, a slog as it is around Warwick um, on your first run, he's obviously had issues. He'd, he'd, he'd eating issues, I believe, um, and they've had to nurse him right back. And you saw the emotion with Sam. You know, he was in the helicopter crash with Di Walters back in November. He luckily survived that. Di is making a recovery. We hope he's doing well. Um, but yeah, brilliant trainer performance. He's a young trainer, but he's doing all the right things. And no, I, I was really impressed with that. Yeah, I would agree with I would agree with those comments. Um, it was a pretty big weekend for him, and you could tell it meant a lot to him after everything he's been through. What about you, Tony? What was your performance of the week just gone? Yeah, gonna go with a young jockey. I, I suppose performance at the moment at this stage with the way Aidan Kelly is going. He had a winner at Punchestown on Sunday via Bordy Blitz. I thought he was good on her. Now she she won well in the end, but he, he kind of sent her. Um, about her business early and, and wrapped the race up early. Um, I thought he was excellent on a horse down a bumper in Punchestown on New Year's Eve by the name of um, Magic Dawn because he won a race. I don't think he had any business winning. Uh, she didn't look particularly straightforward, but again, he committed good and early and, and again, the Willie Mullins runner-up probably looked like the best Philly O'Meara in the day, but but got beaten. And he, he's definitely getting opportunities off the back of this. Like He was trusted on a... Um, 
a bit of a steering job there with JP McManus at Nace the week before last, Kadaharla. So good to see him getting the opportunities because definitely looks that he, he has something about him and hopefully he'll keep going. Okay, we like to flag up those ones too. Many people watching may not have even noticed or heard of Aidan Kelly, so uh, we like to just bring these things to people's attention. Don't forget, viewers, by the way, the At The Races app, you need to download it. Please go and download it. It's an app that I use every single day. You can get news on there, results, race cards. You can watch back race replays. You can watch live racing as well, and you can go back and watch past programs from Sky Sports Racing as well. So it really is an app that has everything and uh, I use it all the time. You should be too, in-app betting as well. So please do go and download the At The Races app. Um, let's look ahead to the week ahead, boys, because big racing at Ascot this weekend. We have got the LK Bennett Clarence House Chase, big fashion sponsor uh, in the game. That's what we like to see. And we may have been disappointed by the uh, entries. We've only got three left in the race at this stage, but they are they do include the big two in Energumine and Edward Stone obviously Energumine back to try and win the race after last year and Edward Stone looking to get back on track after the Desert Orchid um, over Christmas time Tony I think we'll start with you here Energumine is 8-13 Edward Stone 5-4 and Amarillo Sky is the other horse left in there at 20-1 to so it really is about the big two what do you think what, what are you expecting, I guess, from the weekend? Both these horses coming in here with differing profiles and probably connections wanting to come out of it with different things in a, in a way. You know, I'm mainly pointing at Edward Stone. They, they want a clear round above anything else at this stage now. Yeah, well, the first thing I'm hoping for is that none of them step on a stone between now and then because it, it would be a, an awful disappointment if something goes wrong between them. I don't really have, have any opinion on it. Um, I don't tend to get too bogged down in these too many of these race and politics things. I just rather analyse the races that are there. But it, but it can't be good. There's only three runners. The two of those turn up. It, it would be still be a fascinating race, but just for the overall health of the sport, it it wouldn't look great. No, I, I agree with that. Um, Barry, what about what about you in terms of the two horses? Obviously, they're the top two in the market for the champion chase at this point. What what are you expecting from the race itself? You're an Energumine fan, I know that for sure. I am an Energumine fan, but I'm also a fan of Edward Stone. I thought his performance in the Tingle Creek was brilliant, and for me, it was a step up on what he'd done last year. So, um, you know, I thought maybe he wasn't didn't have the potential that he showed that day in the Tinker Creek, so no, he really impressed me there. Um, Amarillo Sky, obviously complete outsider, um, is ridden prominently, but wouldn't be a trailblazer. So for me, Energamine is going to get an easy time up in front. Edwardstone would generally follow along in behind. Um, and Energamine was probably his own worst enemy in this race last year. He just ran with the choke out a little bit. But we saw him in Cork on his first run back this season. He seemed more relaxed. He was having a duck at the gate. He was he was dosing a little bit in front. So I think that's going to play to his strength. If he can just relax a little bit better, he'll save a bit for the finish. Um, and I think the race will be run to suit him. He'll get to dictate it if he is relaxed like that. So I think he's going to be hard to beat on Saturday. But having said that, the champion chase is a different picture. And Ergamine dropped in in the champion chase last year. Um, if he makes the run in this year, and I'd say, and it's competitive, he won't get the luxury of that easy time in front. And I think that would suit Edwardson. So it mightn't just, uh, the season won't be decided on Saturday. But I think uh, an Ergamine, it's probably going to be run to his, uh, more in his favour than it will be to Edwardson. Barry, what about the uh, very, com well, what should be a very competitive 100 grand uh, handicap at Ascot? Did anything catch your attention in that race? 
Yeah, well, so it would be easy to say Gala, uh, who won the big handicap in Cheltenham in November, uh, he'd made that river back in third, and he's gone on to frank that form by, by winning the handicap in Cheltenham on New Year's Day. Um, but a horse I do like is Dusart. He had a run back, first run run back after a wind up earlier in the season in Cheltenham. He ran for me like a horse who would have needed a run. Um, so this is second run back. He beat Sounds Russian in air in a good novice chase last April four and a half lengths and Sounds Russian was four and a half lengths behind Noble Yates in the many clouds so if you want to take that form literally that would look good and uh, this looks competitive handicap Dusart has other entries in the Fleur de Lee and he's also in the Peter Marsh but I would imagine if he's to go anywhere he'd go here for the slightly better ground so I think he would be of interest. Okay, we'll take that on board. And you mentioned the Fleur de Lee race. Well, of course, that's during Winter Millions, uh, the three-day festival at Lingfield, which we very much hope is going to be on. And it will all be live and exclusive on Sky Sports Racing Channel 415, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, and the headline act, I guess, is Noble Yates, or up there in the betting for the Gold Cup. And obviously, the Grand National winner from last year. We'd love to see him come over to Lingfield. Bit of a disappointment with the Gold Cup market, given this week that we lost Lahom Press. But we look forward to hopefully seeing Noble Yates at Lingfield or live on Sky Sports Racing. So do tune in for that. And please, weather gods, please let it be on. Um, that about wraps up the show, everyone. So thank you very much, as always, to the boys for their contributions and to you guys for watching. Do not forget to hit subscribe on our YouTube channel. Do get involved. Feedback, questions, anything you like, send it to myself, Barry or Tony. But for now, thanks very much for watching. That was Off The Fence. Boyle Sports has it all. Money back meetings every day. UK and Irish racing live streaming. Extra places and money back all losers offers. And a bet 10, get 20 welcome offer. Boyle Sports, this is betting.